I've talked about AI on Twitter, and I've also done a YouTube short talking about Adobe Podcast, but I wanted to do a podcast about what I've been using AI for in my everyday filmmaking. I know there are a million YouTube videos out there, and pretty much every Twitter thread is about AI. And I think some people are jumping on the bandwagon because they see it as a way to make money. And I'm sure there are a lot of good ways to make money in AI. That's not why I use it. And that's not what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how you can actually use it as a practical matter to enhance or make your filmmaking world, your filmmaking experience, your filmmaking uh, workflow better. Hey guys, Blake Calhoun and another episode of Almost Professional, the podcast about mobile filmmaking, DIY filmmaking, indie filmmaking, really all things filmmaking. And today, AI filmmaking. But before I get into that, I just want to make a quick note here that I am directing, producing, and shooting a new feature film. Not immediately, but in a couple months, in June of 2023. And so I'm starting to spread the word a little bit on social media. I've got a new Facebook page. The movie's called Casey's Favorite Song. I'm going to be doing YouTube videos on my second channel, my Blake Calhoun channel, about the process of making the film. And not only from a gear and tech perspective, but just from a producing perspective, we're casting right now. I'm shooting it on a red Komodo, so I'm not using my mobile filmmaking tools. Although I am using those tools for some components of it, especially location scouting, behind the scenes, etc., and then also promotion. This movie is a period piece. I just felt like it needed a camera that was going to lend itself to make it look the most filmic, the most vintage, the most cinematic that I could go. And so I picked the Red Komodo. And I've got a video about that. If you want to check it out, I'm going to be doing a series of videos about that. And I'll put a link to that in the description of this show. And I'll probably use AI on that as well, especially on the post side, because the AI tools for post-production have really already gotten very good. And we're only, in, in my estimation, a few months into it. I would say, what, the last three to six months? I'm recording this in March of, the end of March of 2023. And so I only started using AI stuff about maybe two or three months ago, if that. And the first one I want to talk about, and this is probably the one that I would say would get the most use, and that is Adobe Podcast. And what that is, is a way to upload audio that the AI system enhances. It actually recreates the audio, fixes it, and makes it sound like you're in a recording studio in a sound booth. Now, that can be good and bad. It's mainly all good. The bad part would be that it takes audio that if you're shooting in a location that might have a little bit of reverb in it, it makes it sound like there's no reverb. In the past, you could fix it in post, so to speak, using some plugins, but it didn't really ever work very well. Now it can. In the past, you could fix it in post, so to speak, using some plugins, but it didn't really ever work very well. Now it can. And so you can change that later in post-production. You can add reverb. However, it really is all mainly good because here are two ways that I recommend using it or that I've used it, really three. The first way, and if you shoot on your phone a lot, you've, been, you've definitely had this happen, 
especially if you're vlogging or just doing a quick short or whatever, you record the audio into your phone. Let's say you've got your phone and you're doing a, a video and you're talking into the phone and you don't have an external mic with you. And so you can talk directly into the phone, use the camera mic, which if you're close can sound okay, but more times than not, it still sounds really echoey. So talk into that, edit your entire video, or just you know have it on your phone. You could even upload it from your phone. You would still have to go through Adobe AI first. So you would take your audio, upload it to that, and it enhances it. And then you download that and resync it with your video. It's more or less like sending it out to a third-party audio program. Like I use Adobe Audition a lot, but now, I would use this more times than not, especially if I have audio that I can't repair. Because in the past, you could never repair that. You could add some echo removal, you could add some you know, EQ to it, but it never sounded like it does now because what it's doing, the AI, is it's recreating the audio. It's taking your voice and recreating it. So it's not really fixing it, it's actually recreating it. And honestly, it is amazing. It is really beyond belief, truth be told. Because not only could you take audio like that that you record on your camera mic, you could do what happened to me. <laughs> I set up to do a, a video and plug my mic in. Well, I unplugged my mic to go do something to check on it. And I came back and I sat down and recorded a 20-minute video. And I forgot to plug my mic back in. And so I recorded the whole thing on the camera mic that was really turned down super low. And so the audio quality was horrible. Question I get a lot is, can you shoot with iPhone cinematic mode and an anamorphic? Let's find out. And in the past, I would have had to re-record that. But instead, I took a clip of the audio and I uploaded it to Adobe Podcast and then to make sure it would work. And it sounded amazing. It sounded like I just recorded it. Question I get a lot is, can you shoot with iPhone cinematic mode and an anamorphic? Let's find out. And so I edited the video, uploaded that file, and it completely saved it. It saved that video. It saved me a ton of work to recreate it. Now, you might be thinking, maybe I would just do that all the time. I don't suggest that. In other words, I would always still try to record the best audio you can. Don't depend on the AI. I think it's a great backup or something that is great in case you need it. Although, the fact that you know you can do that would make it more reassuring if you're out in the field and you just need to record a quick video that you know that you can take it back and record good audio or actually pro process good audio in Adobe Podcast. And the last use for that, and this is another very useful use, let's say you're doing a podcast interview or you're doing a Zoom interview, whatever, and the person you're talking to doesn't have a good mic or they're using the computer mic, et cetera, and you're maybe on a nice mic, a good mic, well, you can then take their audio and run it through Adobe Podcast, and then you'll have great sounding audio on both ends, just like you recorded perfectly sounding audio in a record uh, VO record booth. Why you guys chose to shoot this on a phone? Uh, my name is Paul Henry. I uh, co-directed uh, this film with James Ballard, who is very much my creative counterpart. Why you guys chose to shoot this on a phone? Uh, my name is Paul Henry. I uh, co-directed uh, this film with James Ballard, who is very much my creative counterpart. And so it is just really great. And I find it's one I use a lot. I mean, a lot. And it doesn't cost any money. I think you have to have an Adobe Creative Cloud account, but I'm not 100% sure whether you have to have a paid account or not. 
it's included for free as far as I know. And so regardless if you have that or not, you should definitely check it out. And I'll put a link to that in the description of this video. Now, the number two way I'm using AI is for post-production, but on the video side, and I did a video about it too, and that is using Runway ML. Runway ML is really incredible. ML stands for machine learning. It's really just called Runway. And it is more or less like having Adobe After Effects in the cloud. It will do a lot of really cool things. And what I use it for mainly is their green screen. It's called Magic Tools. I use their green screen effect. So imagine doing a green screen shot on any kind of footage. You don't have to have it shot on green screen. In my particular case, the footage that I repaired or fixed was shot on green screen. I had a short film that I had shot years ago on red, and I had some very tricky keys to pull. And I was able to do that with Runway when I really couldn't do it very well myself at all using After Effects because I had to do rotoscoping and motion tracking. The shots don't look complicated, but they really were tricky. I actually had a VFX artist friend of mine try to work on them and he had trouble. And so I was debating on hiring out a higher end company to do them, but it was a low budget short film. So I just couldn't really justify doing that. And in the end, Runway ML saved my short film. And so it is a great tool. And it not only does that kind of thing, but it'll also allow you to erase objects from a frame that allow you to do text to images, sort of like Midjourney or Dali. And it is just a really cool tool. Now, the only thing about it is it is not free. They have a free version, but I think the uploads and downloads are limited to 720p and H.264. And so I wanted to work in ProRes. And so I did a paid account, which is like 300 bucks a year, which if you do this a lot, that's not that much money, especially because of the time-saving features it offers. But I was able to upload 5K red. Well, actually, it wasn't red. I had converted to ProRes. I was able to upload 5K ProRes to Runway, do the effects up there, and then re-download that same ProRes file. I think it was ProRes HQ. And so it was basically lossless, and it worked great. I can't recommend it enough. And we're just at the very beginning stages of all this, too, is what's so crazy. And so I really like Runway and highly recommend it. And that is, again, something I use a lot. Very cool AI, and that's Runway ML. And then the last AI that I'm using quite a bit is called Topaz Labs. And you've probably seen ads for it on Facebook or Twitter, et cetera, where you can basically upscale footage, old footage, you know, archival footage or old photos. And when it first came around, a lot of people didn't believe it you would always see the little laughing emoji on Facebook whenever they did promotion. But I'm here to tell you, it's real and it works great. Now I've been making movies and videos for 20 plus years. And so I come from the standard definition world. That's where I started. And then it went to you know 720 and then it went to HD, then it went to 4K, now we're at 6K, 8K. So I have a lot of what would be called legacy or library content and that's short films and just other kind of projects I've worked on over the years. But my short films in particular, I've actually been taking those and running them through Topaz Labs and upscaling them to HD and then even 4K. And it looks really good. Now it's not perfect. You're taking an old SD image that was 640 by 480 and upscaling it to 1080 by, or 1920 by 1080. And so it's doing a lot of work and it recreates the, the, the pixels 
And so sometimes it gets a little bit funky, but as a general rule, it still looks really good and it's amazing technology. The photo side probably does better because you're not dealing with motion artifacts and movement. And so I use it for the photos as well. It's also a paid AI software, but it's super affordable. And I got it on sale on Black Friday before this last Christmas. And I think I got the whole suite of tools for like 250 bucks. And man, I use that all the time. Because not only, again, can you take the old legacy SD stuff and upscale it to HD, but you can take HD material that you shot, which is, you know, we still today, I shoot everything in 4K, but I typically edit in HD, but then I upscale it to 4K. So I shoot in 4K, edit in HD, upscale to 4K for YouTube, et cetera. And so now what that leads me to is in the future, you know, we'll probably do 8K uploads. I, ugh. I shudder at the file sizes, but I'm sure that's coming. I know some people already do it, but no one really has an 8K TV to watch it. And so I don't think it's super viable. However, for future proofing and stuff, it's going to be pretty great to have Topaz to upscale your HD or 4K to 8K. And then right now, HD to 4K. And again, it does a really good job and it's not gimmicky at all. It is totally real. I don't know how they do it. I'm not, a, I'm not an engineer or a developer. I just know it works. Now, it doesn't work on every shot. Some shots are worse than others, especially if there's tons of noise and if it's really grainy or, you know, the old saying is garbage in, garbage out, which is still kind of true. Not true anymore with audio. <laughs> Adobe Podcast kind of eliminated that. And this does it to a degree. It can actually improve the way your footage looks. I'm always mystified how it does it. but it's not completely magic as far as making it look pristine, but it does look really good. And especially when you consider, in most cases, it's upscaling it by, you know, two, four, six, eight times. And if you did that in Premiere Pro or LumaFusion or wherever, it'll just get really soft and muddy and just look terrible. Using Topaz, it doesn't. For the most part, it looks really, really good. So Topaz Labs is another one you should check out, and I'll put a link to it in the description as well. And then the last thing is, and I mentioned Midjourney earlier, and most people are probably familiar with Midjourney by now, doing AI artwork. You just enter a prompt and it spits out a photo. And that is rapidly advancing. I think right now we're at Midjourney V5, version five, and it's now pretty much photorealistic across the board. So the way I've been using that really is for YouTube thumbnails. I haven't done a lot. I've really more experimented with it. And then I've done pitch decks and I've created some original posters that would maybe be in a movie, you're able to use Midjourney to create posters without being an artist or without hiring an artist. By the way, yeah, I should go ahead and make this general disclaimer. By using all these AIs, I am in no way, shape, or form saying we should eliminate audio people or eliminate visual effects people or eliminate artists at all. No. For me, really, some of this stuff, it enhances it. It creates a, a way to in some cases, fix it. But in, all, in other cases, it just allows people like me that have certain skills, but I don't have the skills to do other things to be able to do those jobs to a degree, not all the way. You still want to have the various artists involved, depending on the size of your project. You know, really, I think it's best for solo creators on YouTube and indie guys that wouldn't have the budget to do certain things or even the skill or the know-how to do it. But in the end, it doesn't replace any person at this point. I mean, maybe in the future it will, <laughs> but right now I would say no, and I hope it doesn't. I really do. 
Now, technology always comes along and is disruptive. I mean, that's happened in the video world a lot the last 15, 20 years. Not maybe to this degree, but, you know, just with the camera democratization, everybody can afford, you know, a high-end camera now that used to be high-end. Now you can get a great camera. I mean, your phone's a great camera. It's $1,000, you know, or $500 or whatever. Even your three and $4,000 cameras can rival fifty dollars and $60,000 cameras because technology has just been democratized so much. Same on the post-production side with editing apps, et cetera. And now AI is just continuing that trend. And so ultimately, I think AI is great. I have been embracing it. I was a little bit reluctant at first. And if you're like that, trust me, you should definitely dip your toe in and check it out because it's not going anywhere. It's only going to get better. And I really do honestly believe it is extremely helpful. And by the way, I haven't even touched on chat GPT which I guess is called GPT-4 now, I forget. That is crazy and advancing. You know, basically it replaces Google in a way. It can answer all your questions. However, on the video side, it can help you do research and write, can do writing for you. That's not something I've really used a lot yet. That is on my list to continue down of trying and see how that works into my uh, work. In particular, I think it could be handy on YouTube. But this video is mainly talking about video and about audio and about the technical things that AI are now bringing to us as filmmakers. And so again, if you haven't tried it already, try Adobe Podcast, try Runway ML, and then look into Topaz Labs, especially if you have any kind of legacy footage or you want to do any kind of upscaling, photo or video. It is really remarkable. And then of course, Midjourney, Dolly, etc. are great for AI artwork. And those can do storyboards as well. I didn't mention that, but storyboarding is a nice function you can do with AI as well. You can do some pretty high-end looking stuff that again, you would normally have to hire an artist to do. And in your initial planning of a project, doing that will save you a lot of money. Now you'll eventually probably work with an artist, again, depending on your budget, but in some cases you wouldn't. And having the ability to knock that stuff out with an AI now is really crazy and really cool. So. We're at the very beginning here of this new technology wave, and I'm excited to see where it goes. So how about you? Have you tried AI? Let me know in the comments if you're on YouTube or hit me up on Twitter if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcast. And don't forget to check out my movie, Casey's Favorite Song. It's on IMDb, it's on Facebook, and then I'm using my Loud Pictures, which is my production company Twitter account to promote it. And then of course my regular Blake Calhoun Twitter account. Probably won't be cross-promoting it much on iPhoneographers, but I might, you never know. I, I have so many different channels I run, it's, <laughs> sometimes it's hard to keep up with. But nonetheless, AI is here to stay, so if you haven't explored it, definitely get out there and check it out. Well, this has been another episode of Almost Professional. I'm your host, Blake Calhoun, and I look forward to talking to you in the next episode.